Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's literary associate and your host, Rosie Kelliger. Hello and welcome to the Travcast. I'm Rosie Kelliger, I'm literary associate here at the Traverse and today I'm talking to Maria Oller who is a Finnish director and theatre maker based in Scotland where she is artistic director of Lung Ha Theatre Company which has been making hugely acclaimed work with people with a learning disability since 1984. Since Maria joined Lung Ha in 2009, she has directed numerous productions for the company, including The Hold by Adrian Osmond, 13 Sunken Years by Finnish playwright Paula Salminen, Thingamibob by Linda McLean, and Huxley's Lab, which she co-directed with Ben Harrison of Gridiron Theatre Company. She's currently in rehearsals for the company's new show, The Silent Treatment, by Douglas Maxwell, so we're really delighted that she has found time in her rehearsal schedule to come and talk to us. Maria, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about your experience as a director who's worked extensively with new writing, because obviously Lung Ha produces a huge range of work from classics and adaptations and so on. But the company's also really known for commissioning new work by some of Scotland's most celebrated writers. And I wondered if you could maybe give us an insight into your personal process in working with a writer from the commission through to that first day of rehearsals. Yeah, it's always very exciting to work with a with a playwright because I think theatre is so much about the story and how to tell the story. And with actors, with uh, all of our actors have learning difficulties, so we have to be able to write for for them and to bring out what's really special and exciting and interesting, and how to tell a story when you went maybe want to tell it in a different way from from what you n- usually with non-disabled actors would do but a lot is very much the same but usually i start with doing some workshops with the playwright and the actors and um, and then the actor goes away and have a think and comes back and we do another workshop and maybe try out some text or some themes and then we see what could be what could be a story we want to tell together and i usually ask the playwright to go away and write a play not being too careful about or oh, can they do this or can they do that or is this appropriate and a lot of these questions that people have when it comes to people with learning disabilities what can they do what can't they do and most things we can do it's just maybe takes a bit longer it maybe takes another way to get there but we can and the more we can think that we can do the more we can do so that is it's an exciting process and i also like working with playwrights who are then coming into rehearsals taking part in the rehearsals so the the actors feel that it is a collaboration. It's not just a text given to them. It's actually a person who they know who has written it. Mm. 
And I, I remember speaking to Linda McLean a few months ago, um, just around the time she was working on Thingamabob mm. with you, and she talked uh, with great enthusiasm about that development process and how useful she'd found it to get to know the actors mm. through development and and to then be able to write with them in mind and to know ah well actually that actor has a great sense of comedy or I know that um, that actor will really respond to this character. But in Scandinavia it's quite often the same thing with because we have a lot of rep companies in in Scandinavia so there a playwright is asked to come in and write for these actors and I think it's always exciting for a playwright to have people in mind um, I mean it, it happens here too but when it's it's more all the actors are on freelance basis in most theatres it's harder to make sure that if I start writing and in a year's time uh, is this per, this actor available and all of that so but it is an interesting process both ways, both from the playwright and for us to work with. Absolutely. Playwrights. And I wonder if you could actually tell us a little bit more, you've, you've touched on it briefly there, um, about your experience working um, in Scandinavia and, and with uh, companies from other countries in Scotland, because of course you at Lungha have brought over uh, and collaborated with companies uh, such as the Finnish National Theatre and with Unga Clara from Sweden Uh, and I wonder if you could tell us a bit about what that experience has been like and and perhaps how it differs from work made in a sort of purely Scottish context. Mm. Uh, The cultural difference is there even if we are very close and the way of working is is a bit different. People from Scandinavia, companies from Scandinavia are shocked that we have such short rehearsal times. And really? and even Lungha, they feel like it's a bit short when we ha- usually have a longer rehearsal time than, than normally. And um, But, I mean, theatre is theatre everywhere and it's exciting to meet new people and and new, new cultures, new stories. Like Certain Sunken Years was a very different story because it was... Finish and still it, it was related to we could we could we could see ourselves yes, in their situation. Of there was lots of connection. Yeah. yeah. So that is. Um, but one thing was interesting to notice, both in Sweden and especially in Finland, that disability arts is quite young there compared to here. Um, so. They, we could bring something there from Scotland that they don't have established in the same way as we have. There, there is starting and there is growing and Sweden has more than Finland, but it's still, it's still quite young and quite new when, when there has been, we have several companies in Scotland working with people with different kinds of disabilities and it's part of our theatre scene. So that is also interesting to to bring over. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. <laughs> I hadn't realized that. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about the role of the writer in in a, a project like that. So for example, I know that your collaboration with Unga Clara was on a, a play that had been written, I think it was in the mid 70s. Mm, mm-hmm. Um Medea's uh, Children. Medea's Children. Um and 
I believe 13 sunken years wasn't a, a new play in, in Sweden. Obviously, it was new to us here in... In Finland. Uh, sorry, in, in Finland. Um, it was new to us here in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but I wonder what your experience was of the process of translation or adaptation and as, and as you touched on earlier finding those points of connection um, culturally mm. uh, between that Swedish or Finnish context and for Scottish audiences yeah and Medea's children was was interesting because that was that is a classic in Scandinavia it's it's a play that generations have seen um, as children and when we took it here it was completely new and in Scandinavia, it has been played for six, five, six-year-old plus. And here, the audience was quite shocked. You can't, you can't show this for for children at that age. It has be, to be eleven plus or twelve plus. So that was a cultural. So we had to, we had an older audience here, but when we took it to Sweden, it was. It was a much younger audience, but also there was grandmothers who had seen it when they were children, had came up with them, with, or mothers, or grandmothers who had taken their daughter to see it, who then brought their grandchild to see it. So the reaction from the audience was when was very different. It was we know this play, and this is from us, and somebody from abroad wants to do our play. We are proud of it. It was that kind of feeling in the audience. When here, the audience was very quiet, and whoops, what's that about? Can you speak about suicide when you're in a children's play? Can you speak about divorce in that way? Uh, about shame and blame and all of that? And it was very interesting, because there was a big cultural difference, which I hadn't even thought of before we we actually tackled the play. What comes to adaption, adaption of the play, we kept it pretty much. We we were truthful to the script. There was a few things we changed. Like I I played in that. I was an actor in that one, and played the nurse who was male in the Swedish original version. And I'm obviously not male, but um, and then we had new music by John Kilty who also was on stage, so that was different. But we were quite truthful to it. When it comes to certain sunken years, um, that was very interesting for me. <laughs> to I know the Finnish culture so well. And people here found it a bit quirky. and But we didn't change much. We, we tried to... There was surprisingly many things that just worked here as well. We didn't need to. There wasn't a need to it. And we had our own music. We had a Scottish composer, Susan Appelby, who I said, she asked me, if I, do, I, do you want Finnish music to it? And I said, no, I want you to get inspired by, the fin- by Finnish music and then bring in your own music into it. So it was a real mix of, of both cultures, which worked with the story. Fantastic. And I wonder if you can now... Uh, maybe give us a bit of an insight into your current uh, production uh, by Douglas Maxwell, The Silent Treatment. Uh, obviously, I know that you're in the thick of rehearsals at the moment. How is it going? Oh, it's, it's going well, so let's say that. Touch Good. wood, <laughs> touch wood. And we've still got a week and a half of rehearsals. But um, it's a great play. I met up with Douglas a few years ago 
and asked him if he would like to write a small-scale touring production or a f- big company, full company of 22, 23 actors. And he was straight away, I want to write a big show because it's so rare for playwrights to get a commission to write a big play. And then he came up with the idea of um, how about do a play without words? And I thought, oh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be different. And um, we don't need to struggle to learn lines. But it's very interesting. It's not that easy. But it's been, it's a hilarious play. It's about a group of people who are who are gathering in old church hall to do a sponsored silence. And um, lots of slapstick. Everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And it's, um, yeah, it's farce. It's slapstick. It's... It's very, <laughs> very funny, and um, and our actors, they had a challenge in the beginning to stay quiet because it was so funny. So they were giggling and laughing <laughs> and and w- wanting to react with voice and noise. But I think it's been a real good, very good learning curve for for the actors to not do much, not say much, and just listen and be aware of what's happening around and react to that. So, no, it's a hilarious play. We open on the 1st of April at Tron in Glasgow. And the following week, 7th to the 9th of April, we are at the Travers. And we're very much looking forward to having you here. Yeah, it's a delight. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what the, the discipline is of that, because before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about how there is dialogue which is written not to be spoken, which I find fascinating. Can you mm. can you talk us through how that works and yeah. how you play with that? In yeah, we have a script, so it's not a devised show. We have a script. And um, there are some scenes, very few, but we have a little bit of spoken, spoken dialogue. But there is also dialogue that is not spoken. So we have the lines, and all the actors have to think their lines when they they tell the story so so it's not just gesturing out of out of the blue and it's really you have you have they have their lines that they then express in some other way than saying it so it's about giving them a really specific very intention. specific very specific tension yeah because otherwise it can easily just become what shall we do and, and you do yes, a lot of lot of gestures and and general exactly nothing general works it needs to be thought through and specific what what the gestures and what the reactions are and that is the moment when there is a timing there is a rhythm and it becomes hilarious <laughs> if i can say that and what an art it is the art of uh, reacting of course they say acting is reacting and so it's fascinating that douglas is found a way to kind of weave that into his mm. writing and to enable his cast to, yeah. to think about that. I think this script is genius. It's just such a pleasure reading it. It's It could be, uh, yeah, it could be read and it could be acted. Very different. It could be a radio play. <laughs> but it's, 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 his writing is just so, so lovely to work with and so alive and, and yeah, no, it's... It's a real pleasure. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of rehearsals to uh, give us an insight into your process. And uh, we can't wait to see the silent treatment. Maria Ola, thank you very much. Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.